What would you tell your younger self? <laughs> to cry. Mm. Oh, that's powerful, bro. I would be standing there over my younger self. Lil Marcus, just cry, bro. Mm. Just cry. It's okay. You know, but I seen I seen so many things growing up and I, I didn't even really touch on like, you know, my parents divorce that had a traumatic take on my life, you know, as a young one. But I didn't cry about that. And it's something that I cried about, you know, years later that I didn't never release when I was a young person. So I, I would tell my younger self to cry, man. Hi, my name is Prince Daniels Jr. And I'm a former NFL running back, an author and thought leader who lives by the mantra, nothing is impossible unless you truly believe it is. I found the Game Beyond the Game Talk That Talk as a place for thought-provoking and inspiring conversations with professional athletes discussing life's transitions. Game Beyond the Game is an ecosystem for professional athletes to cultivate the mindset to discover their overall purpose and vision in the game of life. And now... It's time to talk that talk with your MC, Stan Pearson II, and myself, Prince Daniels Jr. And now you know I have to do what it is that I do best, and that is introduce amazing guests. And today is no different. Former Seattle Seahawk football standout and someone who was going to make a, a really impactful decision on his life on August 16th and decided to dig even deeper, work even harder to continue to be with us here today. And we cannot be happier to introduce family man, incredible dude, and good vibes only participant, Marcus <laughs> Smith II. Marcus, how you feeling this this day? Man, I'm feeling good, man. Can't can't wait to 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 get in the weeds with you guys, man. This is this is what I do, man. This is what I do, man. All day. <laughs> man, love it. So let, let's let's hop right into it. I want to know a little bit more about you. So tell where are you from? And uh, you know, what what brings you here? What brought you to football? Where are you from? Talk to us a little bit about that. Well, I'm from Columbus, Georgia, which is probably uh an hour and a half south of Atlanta. Um, so I think I started playing football when I was five years old my dad he kind of he just I was just so like active and just crazy when I was little so it was like man you gotta do something so he put me in flag football when I was five and I've been I was playing I played football from five all the way to 28 you know so I played football all the way all the way through so yeah man well, yeah, were you one of those, were you terrorizing folks on the flag football? Were you, did you know them, like, I'm special? Did dad know why you're on the flag football field, that you were special? <laughs> well, actually, it's a funny story about that, is my first touchdown, I actually ran the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so my, my we kind of knew I was special when I ran the wrong way and then turn around and then still score. Oh, so, man. Okay, on, it went man. from one kind of special to the good, the other special. Okay, I like yeah. it. He is special. Where is he going to? Oh, <laughs> he made it where he's supposed to go. Yeah, but I, I pretty much, my whole life, I played quarterback. And that's uh, another thing with me. So I, I, since I was five, that's all I ever played. I was a, the basically the leader of the team all the way up until, you know, things changed when I got to college. Wow. Uh, so so when you got to college, what 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 happened? 
Well, see, um, you know, Coach Strong, he was uh, actually at the University of Florida, and I was going to commit to Florida, but he went um, and became the head coach at Louisville, so I followed him there. And, and obviously, you know, he's a linebacker's coach, but in high school, I was telling everyone, like, man, I want to be a quarterback. Like, mm-hmm. like that's what I want to do. I was, like, having the Lamar swag. Like, right. you ain't going to tell me I'm not going to be nothing but a quarterback, right? So I get to school, and it's already two seniors. I get to school in July, and okay. um, it was no possible way I was going to learn the system from July to August and be ready in September to play quarterback. So Coach Strong in camp, he asked me a specific question. He was like, what do you think about playing linebacker? And I told him, I said, well, I just want to get on the field. I don't care where I play. Um, so I kind of like trusted and believed in him to kind of like coach me up right. at the position. Yeah. And luckily, like, man, they switched my position. And my freshman year, I ended up starting that linebacker against uh, University of Kentucky, my first, you know, ever collegiate game. And I had wow. just moved. Wow. So I still didn't know anything. Like, I know y'all saying wow, but. I was, <laughs> I was getting my head knocked off. Yeah, no, I, I was gonna ask you that, man, because when, when I was at high school, they tried to switch me um, from running back to DB, right? And yeah. I'll never forget I, we were doing drills, and I, I, didn't, I didn't know how to tackle. All I knew how to do was deliver a blow. So you know, playing right. running back, I would curl up and boom and, and hit people. But you know, playing defense. You know, I would just kind of wait there, have, have my arms open, and like, bam! <laughs> and yeah. I backed out, and I was like, okay, this ain't this not for me. I was like, I I need to play running back, and um, man. you know, it, it was a tough transition. So like, you, you know, what was that like, man? Because I already know how it is. Man, it was um, cause when we talk about um, some of my dealings, man, I've been dealing with anxiety, um, you know, ever since I was little. I think it's passed. It was passed down to me. Uh, traumatically and uh, you know it went undiagnosed mm-hmm. so um, when I changed positions it was it was really hard because I hadn't played it before um, it was times where I wanted to quit you know well, luckily I had you know people that looked like us uh, on the coaching staff that was helping me push through at the time mm-hmm. um, but it was it was very it was a hard transition because they moved me to linebacker and then that spring they moved me to D line, so it's like going from linebacker to going from quarterback. You know your mentality is more of a soft mentality. You don't really have to hit. Going to linebacker, okay, I kind of got to get my pads going. I got to get my 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 feathers ruffled. Then now I'm in the trenches with the D line. Right, right. You know, right. <laughs> so I was. I mean, I was ready to quit, man. I was. I called my mom. I was. I called her when I was on the table, you know, getting my knee worked on. Like, look, I don't know if I could do this. Mm-hmm. You know, we have, you know, y'all know about mat drills. Like, we had mat drills back then where we actually used to wrestle. So, picture uh, a quarterback, 230, wrestling with 330 pounds. <laughs> so, I really was questioning my love for the game, obviously. <laughs> no better time to question your love for the game than right there, Money Mark. I ain't even going to lie to you, right? <laughs> What was that conversation like? And how did you, again, get to a point where you overcome that? So you go from, again, quarterback, someone that certainly doesn't have to necessarily deliver a blow to being linebacker, someone that's definitely going to have to at least shed some blockers, deliver a blow themselves to every play 
being yeah. engaged. So what was that? We, we heard about you mentioned the conversation, let's say, hey, I'm going to be the linebacker to be an alignment. And, and how did you finally you know, stand tall? Because you were standing yeah. tall the whole time, but really receiving like, OK, I'm going to rock with this. Oh, man. Um, well, first, first off, I would say that, you know, I really coming from my background, mentally, I wasn't built to be mentally, you know, tough, as they would say. I wasn't even built that way because, uh, you know, my dad was very hard on me when I was younger. And, um, you know, I had a father who, like, I love him to death, but he got this from his parents in which is beat down, beat down, beat down, and not really build you back up. So even even with that, um, like, I think my sophomore year came around, and uh, well, sophomore season, and I had I went through OT, I mean not OTAs, but I went through spring playing D line, you know, getting pancake almost every play, and it kind of like built some like tough skin. And my coach, he's actually um, Clinton Hurt. He's actually the D line coach in Seattle. Now, he was almost like my father figure while I was in college, but his motto was. He broke me down to build me back up, right? And so I played my sophomore season at D-line, um, and I ended up having five and a half sacks. But I still felt like I wasn't good enough. I, I was – I just didn't feel like, you know, football was like, like this is not what I should be doing. I, I wasn't confident in myself. But he pulled me to the side, and he had a conversation with me before I – because I was going to quit. I was going to just go home. Yeah. And he pulled me to the side. He was like, look, if you can stick with me, I know I'm hard on you. I know, you know, we, we ain't had the best, you know, conversations. But look, if you can stick with me, like you're going to make a lot of money playing this position. Wow. You're going to be able to take care of your family. You're going to be able to do whatever you want to do. So after that conversation, it was kind of like an aura like about me that gave me the confidence that I needed to like press forward. Right. And so that's how I pressed forward. Like, I played my sophomore season, had five and a half sacks. I came back the spring, man, had a great spring. Mm. And, you know, the rest is history after that. By the time I was a senior, I led the country in sacks, well, second in the country in sacks, and I was able to be drafted. Ooh, you start living into it, bro. You know, that's the lovely yep. thing about it, man. That's that mindset. Heck yeah. I just want to throw in there, thank you for bringing up, you know, the kind of, because we all, Number one, you know, parents do the best with what they have, which right. is an amazing point that you mentioned. And then the other point is kind of seeing what's been done and what works and also understanding that, let's say, discipline without context can create more conflict. Right. And re realizing that. And for those who are listening and watching, understanding that piece, like discipline is necessary. Right. It's necessary. Right. But the discipline without without context and helping someone understand why it is you want them to do what they should do or how who they can become as a result of said discipline, you know, can create additional conflict. But that's a great point in, in you providing, let's say, the context of, you know, moving forward and how you got past, overcame and uh right. You know, second and sack. It's your A. It's your story. I'm a, you led in sacks. I don't care what the <laughs> rules say. They don't have to know the truth. <laughs> but congratulations on that. So as we move forward, so now drafted. 
what does that feel like? What did that feel like for you? Man, um, it, it was definitely a happy day to go um, in the first round of the draft. Um, it was definitely happy. But like I was telling Prince earlier, it, it was I did so I had been through so much and I felt like I overcame so much. And the goal was always to make it to the NFL. Mm-hmm. But as human beings, as black culture, as like young individuals, if we're not taught, you know, how it's going to be or what to expect, we really you really don't know. So when I got to the NFL, it was like I dropped my shoulders. You know, I didn't have a chip on my shoulder really at first because it's like this was the place that I was trying to get. Oh, you know, now I'm successful. Right. Right. But what we don't realize is that it's a lot more work to be done. You know, and I was telling Prince, like success is not a destination. It's a mindset. And I didn't realize that till after my first year in the league. Man, Man. look, I got a saying is if success is a mindset then how you set in your mind. You know, because like the the thing is, Stan, I, I was with Marcus and I. We were talking. We were just talking about how when you're growing up, it's it's the glitz and glamour, and you get there and just like, oh, what 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 the glitz and the glamour at? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, oh man, like, yeah. like it's just, this is real. You, you know, because Marcus, when you think about it, you know, when we're in, when we're in school, we have school. Then we have practice, and then we go, you know, go to our dorm and do whatever else, right? Right. But now, when you get to the league, it's a it's a business, and and you don't have no school, you know, like football is school, that yep. is, is school is life is everything, and and now, you know, the love that you have for it, like, but with love, you need space. Mm-hmm. You know, to, to be able to love more, right? But with football, yeah. <laughs> there's no space. You, you spend most of your day and time there. And so, like, you start losing the love for the game because it's like, man, like, you know, like things not are not going expected. right, not what you expected. It's a mind game. You know, your, your psyche is warped. Like, you got people yelling at you, grown men yelling at you. And so you're like, all right, I'm going to yell back at you. Or you see, <laughs> you know, the environment is like, I can do that. Like, yeah. you know, and then you realize like, Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing what I need to do. I've seen exactly. other people like curse out, you know, like the coaches, the, 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 the trainers, this is like, get my right now, you know, get my stuff ready right now. You know, I was like, yeah. I was like, wow, you can say that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm looking like, wow, I didn't know you can say that. Like, okay. Yeah. Well, let me get a little toughness to myself as well because I don't want to get ran over, right? Right. But it's it's, it's just a different it's it's a different speed, a different mindset. So man, like you know, man, like kudos to you for for standing there, bro. Because I already right. know it is, man. It, it was a lot. It, it was it was it was definitely a lot. And when you don't come from when you come from like my family was probably like middle class, but mm-hmm. when you come from not you know, you really don't know. And your parents, they don't know. They can't really give you the the, the, the gems that you need. Right. And and the, the one thing about the NFL is that they not they ain't gonna waste their time. Like so it's not like you're gonna you, it's not like you're gonna get them gems and cause you gotta think it's grown men trying to feed their family. So you you will find a select few that's right. going to help you, which I had, you know, like Brandon Graham, he plays for the Eagles, Trent Cole. They yeah. took me under their wing. 
Yeah. But you don't get that with everybody else. Right. You know, they're not right. going to tell you, oh, this is what you need to do. This is what you need to do. Right. Right. Because you got people trying to make the team. You got people trying to feed their family. So it's kind of it's it's a tough world to to come into. Right. You know, and like like you said earlier, it was they provoked me a lot. But it was like with them, my demeanor. Mm-hmm. I don't like talking. I don't talk on the field. I don't trash talk. You know, if you make me mad enough, you know, I do something, but I ain't going to trash talk you. But they used to provoke me a lot to get me to say something, get me to do something, you know. So, I mean, it was just different for me because I I really wasn't used to that. Right. Same here. Same here. You know, it's so amazing because there's so much fine print that people, I said the layman, the folks who are watching you all on TV, completely it just it 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 looks good and that's sometimes what's projected that's why these conversations become so much more impactful important like man shut up you make a lot of money deal with it like listen if your boss walked into your cubicle and yelled at you for 20 minutes you would quit like you would be regardless of what amount they paid you so it's the 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 trauma that you speak of that happens and then the, the egos that are in play that are necessary. They're kind of like a necessary evil, if you will. Sometimes I'll say mm-hmm. your ego is not your amigo, but based on what you do and how you have to do it, it just creates this environment where you're constantly having to evolve. Right. Yeah. And get in, yeah, in the in the fine print piece. I also want to mention, if you don't mind, there's a guy by the name of Vince Reed. And recently he was he was a collegiate athlete, but he mentioned he said that he knew, let's say his first day of college football that he wasn't going to be a pro mm. because based on that mindset that Prince talked about, he's like, Oh, this is what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> this yeah. so, then, so again, to yeah. make it to that next level, you get in, you're like, Oh, right. this is what it is. So it's really, it's really impactful that you all are having these conversations. I also tell folks, it's like having kids. I feel like if people knew the truth, the right. fine print of, of little kids and babies, they would have a, a better appreciation or understanding going into these really difficult conversations as opposed to, oh, no, it's great. And society yeah. understand you all so much more if they knew that it is not all roses. And the matter of fact, you have to be as built physically as you are mentally and as much mentally as you are physically. It's more it's more mentally, too. Yeah. I, I I think, and I actually told this is the last thing I'm gonna say on that point. I think, um, like I, I was debating giving them the money back. I'm like, you can have this back. <laughs> if this if this if this is what success is, I don't, I don't want no parts of. I I go get my masters, be a collegiate coach or whatever I'm gonna do. Like you can have this. <laughs> <laughs> Real talk, real talk. Run that back. You're the big come back. I was like, what, in, in my contract, what, what, what does it say I got to do all this? <laughs> Man. Yeah. Man, I, um, so I, I work with athletes, right, on, on their mindset. And when it comes to mindset, um, you're going through this process. Um, at what point in time did you feel that, you know, like, um, was it after a game? Was it something that 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 you did? You kept getting injured. 
that kind of provoked you to be like, you know what? I'm done with this, man. You know, because, because, okay. So here's the mindset. You go from being a quarterback, right? Having a, a red jersey on. Nobody, you, you don't have to get touched today, right? Mm-hmm. So now you're in college. Now playing linebacker, just playing any other position than quarterback. You're gonna get you. You're gonna get hit. So you got to come out with the mindset like, ah, here we go again. You, you know, sometimes we in practice like, yo, bro, take it easy today, man. Like, yeah, like you, you know, my shoulder hurt. But then all of a sudden, it's it's not it's not the guy that you you spoke to and you made an agreement with. Take it easy. It's his teammate that go hard and hits you. And then yeah. after that, the mindset yeah. is like, oh man, here we go. Yep. Go turn it on, you know. Yep. And, and and now and now now you you vicious. You in the zone. You mad. Um, and, and, and so like, you have to wake up and do that every single day, not to mention years on top yeah. of years, on top of years, like you getting hit and not really feel like getting hit, but now your mindset goes into a, another mode. Like, man, all right, you want to hit me? All right. I'm gonna hit you back. I got right. I, I, like, like you got, you got power. I got power too. Mm. And so it, it's that deadly battle each and every day. You know, at what point in time did you feel like? I'm I'm done with this. I, I I know you said in August, and you know what mm-hmm. happened in August, and we, we're gonna touch on that just a little bit. But like, at what point in time did you say, you know what, I'm done with this, man? I'm tired of y'all. Man, I used to, I used to have those. I used to say that a lot. Um, every year, mm. I used to, I used to, I was ready to quit every year, man. Um, because I was dealing like anxiety and the, like anxiety. What people don't understand is when you deal with anxiety, and you don't know what anxiety is right anxiety is for it it happens because of what's to come and the gratitude i mean not the gratitude but the 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 what i had to do what you were just talking about i knew i was gonna have to bang Mm -hmm. each and every day and that used to give me anxiety because i knew i had to perform at a high level and i couldn't control my anxiety so that turned into depression and those Mm -hmm. two things in our community we don't i didn't know that's what it was called you right. you could put anxiety and depression on the board mm-hmm. but i'm like man i ain't going through those things not realizing that i really was so every year i would have a moment where bro i don't want to do this anymore like i really i can't do this bro this this is too much um for my mental right. and one thing i will say is that um when you talked about uh you know being in college, um, you know, having to have that mental, you have to have that mental every day, you know, right. right? right. I'm going to tell you in my situation, my athleticism overrid my mental, right? But as you get to the pros, your athleticism starts to die down and your technique has to, you know, it has to override that. But if you're not mentally strong, at that point and you don't really know yourself it's hard to come out of that mm-hmm. and that's and that's where i was i was just playing i was there yeah. but i really didn't feel like i was there you know yeah. what i mean yeah. I had a black cloud over my head every year and i couldn't understand why i was sad all the time mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i couldn't understand why nothing i felt like nothing was going right for me but to everybody else, man, you playing in the league, bro. Like you making money, bro. Like what else? What else do you want? And I'm like, bro, you can have the money back. This this is not this is not something like this is not for everybody, right? Right. This is, and I teach athletes now. Like I'm at my um, 
you know, my gym, A&M Sports and Fitness right now. And we teach athletes like, look, you have to use football. Right. If you want to play football, use it. Right. It's not it's not your life. This is something that you do. This is not who you are. And we come from backgrounds from where we come from. That's all we know. And that's the only way to make it out for us. It's like football. I have to use this to to get wherever I'm going. And and I just try to preach to them that, man, you're so much more than that. Mm. But, <clears throat> you know, it, it's hard to get that message across. Um I, I realize in our community because, you know, we're so enamored to like, I'm going to make it, bro. I'm going to make it. And, yeah. you, you know, I don't have to worry about all that, man. Once I make it, everything is going to be all right. But, man, the reality of it is it's never so, that. Like, like we need to be teaching them about stocks and bonds and cryptocurrency. Like, just like, because, you know, they're saying that uh, money don't grow on trees. Well, it, you know, right now it's growing on trees, right? <laughs> it seems like you can pull it out the sky. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Hey, you ain't never lied. You ain't never lied about that. You know, like, I'm like, man, what was this at? Why didn't nobody teach me this? You know, the, the younger generation is still kind of like, oh, brainwashed, you know, and, and not knowing what they need to do, you know, the the, the mindset and the mentality that, that they need to have. And so, man, that's great that you're doing what you're doing, man. Um, and what's the name of your fitness? Um, oh, again? it's called. It's called A and M Sports and Fitness. A and M Sports and Fitness. Yeah. Okay. All right. So basically, we just trying to create a sports wellness space, mm. like a one stop shop in the DMV. That's so I, I just I just started it. So man, we just we just trying to. I I really want to you know, I gotta pour into these kids. I have to go home and pour into them. You know, because the the murder rate in Columbus is stupid high. You know, my one of my good friends sent me some on Instagram, like somebody got killed on live. What? You know, so it's just little stuff like that. Like you have to like I have to be a catalyst to yeah. you know where I'm going. And like the young kids, like and they and they and they listen, man. That's that's what I'm most they they take heed to what I'm saying. And I can kind of like guide them and stay with them, you know? Yeah. That's it's, Dope, man. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful thing, and that's why these conversations, all the interviews are amazing. But I, I always, maybe I'm biased because as a as a black man, for me, it's always great to see folks like us knowing that like there's more of us out here. You know, like they're they're we're we're right. everywhere. We're, right. we're everywhere. Like we're everywhere. And I always say I think that yep. black men are with some of the dopest human beings on planet Earth and beyond. I think that our intellect even exceeds our athletic ability. Yeah. And that's not always, or the, our emotion, the way we think. I believe us to be, incre- especially the more I research, I'm like, we're extremely thoughtful individuals. Mm. We're absolutely emotional individuals, whereas yep. some would argue that no, men need to show, it's like, no, not the way in which we show emotion, that's something that we continue to work on, but we're all those things. So, you know, to obviously, yeah. you know, Prince and certainly Marcus, your point. It's like, yo, fellas, imagine that you are as smart as you are athletic. Just imagine that. Right. Because that's like that's the that's what the absolute truth is. Yeah. So kind of finding your your way or your place. So let's say, you know, for all the kids you, you talk to or the young men 
maybe the NFL isn't their space as a player. And that's okay. And that, and that's okay. Because mm. what if you're an agent? What if you're a coach? What if you, what if it's, yeah. it's uh, and, uh, you know what I'm saying? Or what if you're right. helping players invest? I mean, just the list right. of things goes on and on. But one thing I found when folks don't feel or understand where they came from or what they're made of, they'll go wherever someone tells them to go. Yeah, man. So, man. so can you can you tell us about August, man? Like, um, I had an opportunity to to, to read mm-hmm. the article, man. But like, it's always better when it comes from the horse's mouth, man. Like, like, yeah. you know, like what, man? I, I can I can feel that moment because we, we we got a lot of similarity, man. I I try to do the exact same thing, man. I think all players try to do the exact same thing because it's. It's like you, you 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 develop some demons within you, and then you just don't want to live with it no more, man. So mm. like, you know, like just just share a brief moment. Um, and, you know, I'm not trying to bring you back, but hey, <clears throat> this, hey, man, this is it's, it's all good because okay. the more I, I want people to understand, um, the more we talk about these things, the yeah. more you help free yourself Ooh. from it. And what I was gonna say, what what you were just saying about um, kids. And I'll piggyback off that is that God gives us a talent and he gives us a gift. Mm. Use the talent to perfect your gift. And so (laughs) the talent that we have might be football. That that might be football. That might be whatever we're doing. But in in the back of our mind, we know that football is not going to last forever, but it's going to push you to what God is preparing you to do. Mm. Right. And so I didn't get that until, you know, I actually started going to therapy and I started to become and learn myself. But man, August, in August of um, 2018, um, I had just signed a one year deal, prove it deal with um, Seattle Seahawks. I mean, <clears throat> you play, you know, um, I, I got cut from Philly my after my third season. And I went to uh, Seattle where my my coach was that I played with in college. And so people don't even realize that or they don't know that my fourth year going into that year, I was about to quit again. So you can imagine me trying to quit every year. The fourth year, it was like, I'm going to do it this year. But I still I still didn't do it. I still pushed through not not getting therapy, um, not even realizing that I was dealing with anxiety. You guys, like I couldn't, I couldn't eat before practice. I had no appetite. Um, I couldn't sleep. Um, it felt like, you know, my chest was caving in all the time when when I was sleep on my chest. Um, so I was very restless. I never got any sleep. So if you can imagine that same process every day, trying to perform uh, for for, you know, it didn't re- in college it was more so like I was younger, so I could kind of you know, push it to the side. But as you get older, man, you can't, it's hard to push those things to the side because it's more on you when you go to the NFL. Cause now you got the NFL, you got family, you got a family and you trying to please everybody and make them happy rather than please yourself. And so that's, that's where I was, you know, I had just got married. It's probably the best thing that could ever happen to me, but I still hadn't, um, I basically still hadn't like attacked those issues that I was dealing with before. Right. And my wife would tell me all the time. Um, she would tell me like some of the issues that I was dealing with, but I used to like, man, I ain't dealing with that. Or, 
Like she was like, I, I mean, she was like, Marcus, what you going through is anxiety, man. Don't you think you need to talk to somebody or, but she didn't want to press the issue because she wanted me to come and do that. Right. But I will always keep it on the surface with her. I will always keep it on the surface. I wouldn't tell her like how I was really feeling. Cause you know, us men, we'll, we'll say we're okay, but you know, we really ain't, yeah. we really ain't okay. And so, man, I woke up one morning, this was during camp, same time frame as every other year. And I started thinking like it again. I'm like, man, I don't want to do this no more. But this time it was a lot more riding. I really wanted to prove that I could be the player that they thought I was, you know, when they drafted me, you know, when the Philadelphia Eagles drafted me, I wanted to prove like I can be a top player in this league. Right. And I was going through the same thing, mm-hmm. anxiety. I was depressed. I couldn't eat anything before practice. And that really used to hurt my soul because I wanted, I really wanted to perform. I really wanted to do what I needed to do. And I felt like I couldn't, I felt like I was a vegetable when I was out there. My tank always ran empty. I was always um, getting hurt. Um, I was always stressed, man. Even the coaches used to come up to me and like, man, you all right? You good? I'm like, you know, telling them I'm good, man. I'm, I'm still going. Woke up one morning as I'm driving to the facility. It's uh, it's a in Seattle, like when you're going to the facility, it's like a slope that you go down to get to the facility. And there's like rocks on the side. So the whole time I'm like, man, I'm about to go. Oh, you know, I'm, I'm about to say F it because I don't know what this is that I'm dealing with. I won't even. My wife was pregnant and everything. And I wasn't even thinking about them. I'm like, man, I don't need, I just don't want this pain no more. I really don't want to feel it no more. And so as I start to drive over, like if you can imagine like my will being kind of like over, then my wife calls me. So the phone rings and then I jerk back like, you know, like, oh, snap. And we get on the phone and she she says, you all right? You good? I don't know, man. When you left the house, you you seem kind of because I left the house kind of fast. Like, look, I'm good. I got to go. Right. And I was rushing her to get off the phone. So I was going to I was rushing her to get off the phone to proceed to do what I was going to do. Right. Right. Don't kill myself. So got off the phone with her, you know, told her I wanted to listen to some music in the car and I proceed to go right again. I'm telling you, man. Like a will is like if you if you go over in these rocks, man, you're a dead man. So I'm close, but then her mom calls and I jerk back again. Dang. Right? And so you guys know just hearing that story, like there's nobody but God, because by the time she calls me and she's talking to me, I'm at the bottom of the hill. And so me being at the bottom of the hill, knowing that I was gonna kill myself, knowing that uh, you know, I'm a strong supposedly strong Christian faith guy, um, you know, I was distraught. Like I was, I couldn't believe that I was going to do that. And God gave me two chances Mm. to say, look, I'm going to use you, but you, you can't, I'm not going to let you kill yourself. Right. So the love that God had for me that day. Mm. And after that, um, I talked to my mother-in-law and I said to her, I said, I'm done. I, my mental is more important than football. I walked in that facility and I quit that day. I quit that day and I went, I went to go get, you know, therapy. I told, um, my coaches told Pete Carroll, I said, man, I don't know what the future holds, but I can't, I can't do this right now. 
and I, I want to protect my mental stability and that's what's more important. Damn. So yeah, that's what happened. Yeah. That's what happened, man. Yo, you know, my wife, she was she was crying because she couldn't believe that I was gonna do that. She was pregnant with our daughter, mm. you know, and I wasn't thinking about them. I yeah. wasn't. I was only thinking about myself and how yeah. I felt. You and know? see, and and that's the reason why, why why we don't why we keep it on the surface level with them because we don't want to hurt them, right? We don't want to see them cry, right? But but they are also our strength. You know, yep. they help us. Um, and a lot of times, you know, when it comes to relationship, we never want to open up because, like, we're supposed to be the men. We're supposed to be tough. We, we never supposed to cry. Like, don't know. Like, you ain't going to never see me cry. But the truth of the matter is, when you cry, you get stronger after that, man. And so, um, you know, like, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you're here. You know, you're a beacon of light, man. God is using you. You're an instrument, bro. And so. Me too, um, man. Man, man, yeah, man. So, Thank you know, you that, like. Man. Yeah, man. While we're no here, it's, it's it's time for us to, to do what we need to do, which leads us into our next thing, our next phase of of the conversation, man. You know, now that you are an inspiration, man, like what 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 are some of the things that um that you would tell the the, the youth? Man, um, it's a lot of things that you know I want to be able to get out to the youth and tell them, um, but I think. You know, first and foremost is um, I was talking a little bit the other day about like what healing looks like and um, like in order for us men to heal, um, we have to acknowledge that we're dealing with something first. Uh, We have to be able to say, um, you know, because you have a lot of adolescents, kids that may, um, you know, they may lash out. They may. They might do a lot of things, but they don't even realize why they're doing those things. But having somebody in their corner to kind of help them sift through those things and them acknowledging that. So that's that's like the first step to healing. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, number two would be when as a, a young individual, uh, it's OK to not have all the answers and it's OK to feel what you're feeling and have emotions. Mm. It's okay to cry. You're not weak because you cry. Jesus wept. And Mm. we could talk about that all day. He did. (laughs) Right. So it's it's okay to release that emotion because guess what? When you're five, 10, 15 years old and you see your father, he doesn't cry. They tell you not to cry because that's what they've been taught. So Mm -hmm. you keep that same mentality all the way through your life and at some point because you've been pushing it back pushing it back pushing it back pushing it back you're putting it in the back of your mind but at some point it's going to resurface itself because you haven't actually dealt with the issue right so i've always tell my guys like besides football i might pull them to the side and we might just be talking about God asked me about anxiety and I was like almost cried. I'm like, oh, yes, I'm ready to, I'm about to give it to you. You know what I'm saying? We we put, pull it to the side and it's like, yeah. uh, like what you're feeling, all of us feel. Mm. You're not alone. So you so as black men, we have to be able to say to our kids, to our youth, like you're not alone. Like yeah. we always think we alone because nobody yeah. wants to speak about it. But right. now we're, we're, we have the platforms to say, 
Hey man, you're not you're not alone, man. We we went through this. We can go through this together. I still deal with anxiety now, but it's just yeah. now about me controlling that and knowing, okay, that's what it is. Now I can uh, attack it instead of pushing it by the wayside and kind of you know you know doing what we all been taught to do. You know, right, 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 right. for sure. And also, we kind of think we were maybe in the in the green room talking about social media and waking up to things and how what we engage and how we, you know, what we allow to engage us can affect that anxiety, you know, especially living in a world where you may feel or no, not feel experience all these things and say, whether it's that the world is out to get me and just say, just cause you're, you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not out to get you still. Yeah. <laughs> but just, just, yeah. The, like, just the understanding of like, you know, what we engage, even if it's not directly related to us, mm-hmm. it's quite possible that if it is filled with, divisive anxiety that it still feeds that same piece of us that hurts us right presses us does, does that make sense is that something that resonates with you marcus yeah yeah it, it does it does it resonates with me a lot man and you know i don't want to be long-winded but you know i i just it, it's a lot that you have to unpack as as a black man just in general because yeah. it's it might not be directly you know from um, it might not be directly from us, you know, it might be from our ancestors, it might be from our father that has been a trait that has have been passed down to us. It's DNA, right? Exactly. Right. Exactly. And it's it's okay, it's okay to say, okay, I, I didn't really know that, but figuring that out, finding a therapist helps you find yourself. And that's what happened to me. I I found out, you know, who the real Marcus Smith was. Wow. Yeah. You know. That's what it's about. Amazing, man. Yep. Marcus, thank you for stating that. For those of y'all listening and watching, consider like who, who is the real version of you? Mm. Like to the core, to the found, to the foundation. So you're probably in a place. So even if you're driving right, wherever you are listening to this or watching this, think about where you are is probably someplace that has a foundation. Without that foundation, we will never be who we are supposed to be. Right. The kind of building or, or place we're we're supposed to be. Uh, any final thoughts from you, Prince, or any final? Certainly, we'll get to some final words from you, Marcus, as well. Any final thoughts or questions from you, Prince? Um, the last thing is, uh, Marcus. Uh, uh, what do you want people to say about your legacy, bro? Man, uh, that's a good question. <laughs> Man, I definitely don't want people to say he was an awesome football player. Mm. Um, <laughs> But I, I would, you know, I don't really care about, and this is just my opinion, of course. Um, you know, I don't care about the accolades, the Hall of Fame. Um, I really just want people to say, um, look at my name and be like, man, he impacted a lot of people. He helped change the mental health realm in a way that made people go get the help that they need, made men go um try to sift through the problems that they may be dealing with um i I think that's what i want people to mostly remember because you know that's that's who i am you know i'm not a big uh you know want to be out there type you know guy even though you know instagram that's kind of what it portrays you know for our younger generation they see what they see on instagram you know they think you know life is just like you know that i can get this you know like that Right. Um, but you know, I really want want people to 
you know, remember me as someone that made an impact in in the mental health space. Mm. Nice, brother. Oh, man, I appreciate you so much. Prince, Yeah. as we get out of here, this is an amazing interview, bro. I, I thank you for the transparency and the vulnerability to trust us. Go yeah. get the help, the mm. support you need. Right. Period. And yeah. that anxiety is real. It's a real thing that leads to other things. So being able to identify that is a game changer. Prince, any final thoughts as a founder in this piece? Uh, the final thoughts, man, just keep, like I said, keep being the inspiration, man. Keep using your in spirit to inspire others, man. Uh, and, uh, and, and yeah, that's it, man. I, I can't say anything else, man. You know, Stan, you, you usually uh, ask this question, like, uh, Marcus, what would you tell your younger self? <laughs> to cry. Mm. Oh, that's powerful, bro. Man. <laughs> Try I, to pull I would, a couple uh, I would be right standing. Now. I would be standing there over my younger self. Little Marcus, just cry, bro. Mm. Just cry. It's okay. You know, but I seen I seen so many things growing up. And I, I didn't even really touch on like, you know, my parents divorced that had a traumatic take on my life, you know, as a young one. But I didn't cry about that. And it's something that I cried about, you know, years later that I didn't never release when I was a young person. So I, w- I would tell my younger self to cry, man. That's a whole man. Have to have you back at some point if you don't mind. Hey, bro, that's strong, man. I love it, bro. <laughs> nah. I'm you, that's, that's and that's what we're here for, man. That's, that's, right. that's you know. That's it, man. Oh, we're man. stronger together, man. That's it, man, right? <laughs> for real, for real. Yeah, man. Dopest human beings on planet Earth. I stand ten toes down on it. <laughs> Yo, officially, man. Thank you so very much, Marcus. Money Mark, if you will, for joining us today and sharing your story of being so transparent. Game changing for sure. For those of y'all watching, please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe to the Prince Daniels Jr. YouTube page. All right, make sure you do that. And you can join us, you know, every week, Game Beyond the Game's Facebook page. Every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, where we'll always be here for you to help you be a little bit better from the inside out and from the neck up. My name is Sam Pearson. Second, you're here first. Y'all have a good one, y'all. Peace. Peace. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you're notified when a new show is posted. And please rate and review on Apple Podcasts. To learn more about our events, courses, and other programming, Check out GameBeyondTheGame.com. Thanks so much for listening. Peace.